So many memories have come flooding back. I put this on and repeat, just crying my eyes out. It made me feel so bloody alive. This song really nails the feeling of nostalgia for a place. And we all just stopped talking and just stared at the radio. Like, what is that? It's part of the noble genre of songs by women about masturbation. I love it. I love that song so much. Box. Meet people through their music with Ash Berdebez on FBI. What a morning with Alex Pye. As always, three hours of good jams back to back and there was a Caitlin Park interview and live song in there. So uh, you can always listen back on On Demand and it was in the past hour. So uh, go halfway through that last hour and there you go. You've got it right there. Caitlin Park live on FBI radio. And in this hour, well, now you're listening to Out of the Box. I guess I should introduce my guest. So my guest in Out of the Box today is one of those people who actually listened to that voice in the head that said, oh, maybe I should start a cafe. But uh, before that... She was a pro basketballer, a lawyer, and even a scout. <laughs> and it's Georgia Woodyard who runs Scouts Honor Cafe in Redfern. Welcome on Out of the Box. Oh, thanks. Hi. So, yeah, you were basically recommended as a guest because people from FBI frequently go to get their coffee from your cafe, which they all love. And then they were like, the music here is amazing. You simply must get this person on your show. And now you're here, which is great. Yeah, cool. Then I guess we play a lot of FBI's music, so uh, it kind of were, was uh, given that they would like the music there. But yeah, no, <laughs> we kind of like semi-accidentally co-curated. Who knows? But anyway, we've got a very mixed playlist today, which is exactly what we love on Out of the Box. So, what kind of what kind of stuff have you got coming up in the hour? What kind of parts of your life did you draw from for the music today? Um, I guess I uh, drew from a few of my uh, early earlier experiences. Um, Scouts Honor is named after me partially being a Cub Scout. I was one of the first Cub Scout, female Cub Scouts in Queensland. So. so so how did that happen? Like, how did you become the first Cub Scout in Queensland? Um, that was, I, a, well, it was a girl, I should say. Yeah, <laughs> I... Um, my, I have three brothers and my mum always said that she had four boys because I'm such a tomboy myself, but I always wanted to do whatever my brothers were doing. I grew up in some really rural towns. We moved around a lot and my brothers were all Cub Scouts and I wasn't allowed to be one because I was a girl, and, but there was no other girl kind of programs or anything like that. Like there was no brownies or anything in that town where I was growing up. So my mum kind of petitioned to have me be in the Cub Scout program. Yeah, let my fourth son, who was actually yeah. a daughter, be in the Cub Scouts. Uh, yeah, I, that's exactly how it happened. Have you carried any of your sick as scout schools into your uh, later life? Has, um, that was, was it actually worth it? Not a lot, actually. I actually made myself some really cool braces one one summer by all the knot tying that I did. But um, apart from that, no, not so much. <laughs> all right, well, we might as well actually take a song straight from your childhood to start off with. So... Uh, being in a quite a rural destination, you'd be driving around a lot, I'm sure. And what kind of things were you just absolutely smashing out in the car on the on the cast area? Uh, we had a very cool Tarago um, in my family, <laughs> a family mover that could fit three really large boys and myself. And um, we used to drive a lot. So between visiting my grandparents in Mackay and visiting my other grandparents in Brisbane, we spent a lot of time in the car and our CD that got stuck in our CD player was the Lion King soundtrack. <laughs> so we all listen, we listened to this. I must have heard the Lion King soundtrack about at least a hundred times. We all had characters in my family that we had to Who sing you? along to. Uh, I got to be Nala. Awesome. Yeah. And Zuzu, the bird. <laughs> All right, well, you listen to Out of the Box on FBI 94.5. Our guest today is Georgia Woodard from Scouts Honor. Here we go. <laughs> this is great. I'm a 
People through their music on FBI.
You're listening to Out of the Box on FBI 94.5, and that is indeed Talking Heads, something straight out of the childhood of Georgia Woodyard, who is the guest today on Out of the Box. It's, it's a very good song. It's a very good song. Not as good as The Circle of Life and The Lion King, which preceded it. No, it's up, it's up there, though. <laughs> oh, very, very high up there. But yeah, I think those are two songs that actually do belong back to back. Very good stuff. So we were just talking about how when you were growing up, you're a bit of a bit of a tomboy. Had you know three brothers. Were, were considered the fourth brother. Um, did your brothers did your brothers tease you much? Uh, yeah, of course. I we all gave each other a pretty hard time. Actually, we were all very close, but at the same time, we we could be loving each other one second and killing each other the next. But um, yeah, I guess. We had a, all had nicknames for each other growing up, but the one that, that really used to upset me and stuck with me even now that they still call me that every now and then is um, they used to call me He-Man. <laughs> and it had something to do with the fact my haircut that my mother gave used to give us all home haircuts. <laughs> and mine looked like she'd put a, a bowl on my head and I had a very sharp blonde fringe and then a very sharp bowl cut that sort of like sat around my chin level. And of course, He Man was a pretty big thing at the time. So yep. all I wanted to be was Shearer, but no, I got I got stuck with He Man. No, yeah. Um, and and at some point in your uh, young life, you uh, almost had a bit of a bit of a junior modelling career. How did how did that pan out for you? Uh, not almost. I, d- <laughs> I definitely did have a junior modelling career. I, um, <laughs> no, I um, my mum is one of those mothers who love to talk about their kids. Um, all the time as they tell everyone how great they are and how attractive they are and how good at everything they are. And uh, she somehow managed to get me to do, uh, one of our school fates, had uh, been approached or approached the, the, the fashion, the little label and asked if I could model for them or their, their clothes. And I, um, at the actual fate, I got to see what I was wearing and it was this the most hideous floral dress and and so you were supposed to go down like a, a catwalk or something at the school fate in front yeah. of all of the school kids yeah that's right with this headband and big flake floral flower on my headband I actually did I did it oh, there was tears and tantrums but I did end up doing it and the song was Mr Vane that they played <laughs> and I had to walk down the catwalk too but that's and, actually like the, the proper prototype of a child nightmare childhood nightmare that's like terrible yeah I think I even did a hip hop at the end of the catwalk I I, I I owned it in the end. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, and, and when you were when you were kind of um, out of like primary school and all that, did you you went to high school at like a? Yeah, so we were living in the, we got quite rural country areas. Like we moved around like Mitchell, Warwick, kind of rural Queensland. And um, I ended up going to boarding school in Brisbane on a sporting scholarship there. Everyone always says that boarding school is just like a terrible time and was just you know traumatic. Did you have kind of a terrible boarding school time? Uh, I had a, I had a pretty cool time most of the time. I definitely didn't fit the private school mold girl mold. I guess I was like really tomboyish. All the um, the girls there were definitely a lot more the typical uh, private school girls, I guess, a lot more prissy and and into their uh, ribbons and into the school dances. And What was the kind of cool music at that time? Uh, I, our dorms were really big and we had a lot of like probably about 10 beds in each dorm and I just remember the girls standing on top of the beds and singing a lot of Spice Girls, a lot of Britney Spears, uh, Venga Boys, that kind of stuff, really, really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and what were you more into? Were you kind of... One of them. Uh, I, my brother Joel, who's uh, two years older than me, he's he is really into his music, and I guess growing up, I got a lot of uh, music inspiration from him. And he used to send me some CDs in the mail and stuff to boarding school, and they would be things like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and uh, lots of boy boy music actually, like Everlast and Blink One Eight Two. Yeah, and <laughs> no one else in my, my dorm liked the music though, so I was always listening to it with my on my discman. But um, oh, did you ever have one of those mini discman? I did. I had a media player that that came later. I um, invested in one, thinking it was the new thing, and then six months later, the iPod came out, and I had this really expensive mini displayer that was of, of no use to me whatsoever. Yeah, the fastest path of obsolescence any bit of technology's ever wandered. Yeah, it was <laughs> literally cool for a second. Cool. Well, we've got a track to take now from none other than TLC. Yeah. How does this fit into your? Uh, I love TLC. I still play so much TLC. So, <laughs> all right, awesome. You listen to Out of the Box on FBI ninety four point five. 
got a text through on the text line on 0409-945-945. It says, wow, best start to out of the box ever. Who is this? And the guest today is Georgia Woodard and she's brought in so far TLC, no scrubs and whoop, that's a bit of a hint about what might be coming up next. You never know. Um, and so before that we had Talking Heads and before that we had a Circle of Life. From The Lion King. So, yeah, I, w- I would have to say that that's probably the best trifecta of first songs ever played on Out of the Box. Congratulations. Thanks. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Good to have you here for sure. So um, I also wanted to just kind of like talk about a time in your life that I know nothing about sports. So like I kind of – someone suggest- suggested you as a guest and said that you played like pro basketball. And I was kind of like, oh, that terrifies me, the, hi- the whole idea of talking about sports because I don't understand what motivates people to play team sports because they're terrifying. <laughs> so what, what was it about – basketball that you loved um I grew up playing a lot of different sports actually but um I guess with basketball I loved that um it has like an unlimited sort of roam of the court you're not refined to a certain position everyone can shoot everyone can score everyone plays defense it's an amazing team game and it's also in my opinion one of the most more athletic sports that teams like you can play it's very um dynamic and yeah it's a lot of fun were you a big fan of the team that you were in when you were when you're playing yeah, so I played. I went to the AIS and played. Uh, had a scholarship to in Canberra for a couple of years, and then after that, played two years for the WNBL in in Townsville, back up in North Queensland, near where I was born. And then mm-hmm. I moved to Sydney with my one of my first ever girlfriend. We moved down here together. She was an amazing basketball player. She played for the Opals, and I we moved down here together and played for the Sydney Flames in the WNBL down here for a couple of years together. Huge career. So you kind of represented Australia in that capacity then. Yeah, like I played in the Australian Junior team, so I never uh, cracked the Opals, but I played for the Gems and the Sapphires. Nice. Can we jump back to Townsville? Because I feel like uh, Townsville might have been a bit of an interesting time for you. Um, So how old were you when you were were hanging out up in Townsville and playing basketball all the time? So I moved to Townsville when I was 20, I think I just turned 21, Mm -hmm. so pretty fresh. And And what was your job on the side? Oh, I I worked at an Irish pub down up there, um, Molly Malone's Irish pub. It's um, it's it was pretty hectic. So town was like a bit of a port town, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is a port town. It used to um, have the the massive navy ships and that come in, and the American navy ships used to port there, and they'd sort of hadn't stopped anywhere for usually about three or four months before porting in Townsville. So ten thousand. U.S. soldiers would all jump off the boat and descend on the pub, (laughs) descend on Townsville. Yeah, yeah. So, what were they like when you actually were, you know, trying to serve thousands of? Uh, pretty intense. Pretty, pretty (laughs) intense. Um, they were obviously had been on on these these boats uh, with not much lady attention for. Uh, months at a time, and they also were really cashed up because they obviously had nothing to spend all their their money on. So they were pretty, um, pretty loose. <laughs> That's awesome. So um, when you were when you were living in Townsville, this is when you'd already started dating your first ever girlfriend, and mm-hmm. she was was she part of your 
basketball team. Yeah, so she was the captain. Um, That's of, pretty huge. Yeah, it was. It, it's kind of huge in Townsville too because um, it's probably come a long way now and I think times are definitely changing. But at the time, being, you know, a public figure and definitely playing for the fire up there, we were public figures. We're between us and the, the, the Townsville, the Cowboys, which was the NRL team, and that we were sort of like in the – in the public for, like sphere a lot, mm-hmm. doing promotional stuff and being um, gay up there wasn't really a cool thing and that like talked about, I guess. So are we talking about the early noughties? Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, around, yeah, I guess 2002, yeah, 2003, mm-hmm. I was up there, yeah. Yeah, so in that case, you know, they said, you said it was not very done to be gay or it wasn't very cool to be gay, so people found out then. Yeah, and eventually they did um, then we got out of or Nat was kind of my girlfriend was kind of a big deal she was the the captain of our team she was in the Australian team and we actually were outed in the in the Townsville newspaper someone had seen us somewhere <laughs> it's like a witch hunt I know really crazy um crazy that that's news but um can you remember what the article was like was it just kind of um there was like some sort of like Townsville love triangle article <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a great time in my, in my life. It was a little bit stressful. I hadn't even come out to my parents yet. So oh God, did that do it for it? Then? It definitely did. Yeah. I, uh, I wrote my mother a letter. I, I wasn't even game to give them a, to, to, they were living in Brisbane at the time and I wasn't, um, I didn't even want to tell them over the phone. I wrote it down and hope begging them to still love me. Oh, did they? <laughs> they do now. Yeah. <laughs> it took my mum a little bit of time, but she's, she's pretty great now. Awesome. So... Um, the next track that we have on out of the box is the knife. The the minor tiny second that was played before probably gave it away because it's so iconic, such a great track. So heartbeats is the one that we're talking about, and it's a bit of a breakup song, I think. Yeah, it's definitely it's a, definitely a breakup song for me. It was um so uh, Nat and I moved to Sydney together and played together for the Sydney Flames. And this is this is after. This is, yeah, after two years of playing together in Townsville, we decided mm. we just wanted to change up. So we came to Sydney and uh, we're playing WBL down here. And, um, yeah, we went through, we had this kind of a really dramatic <laughs> breakup and it was kind of awful because we were in the in the same team and we actually played the same position. So we had to... Um, we play had to play against, against each other, other. training oh every day, and it wasn't. It was a, wasn't a. Uh, it was a little bit volatile. Was so. it a little bit more aggressive than usual? A lot more aggressive than <laughs> usual. Yeah, there how, were a lot more bruises at the end of training than normal. How did you find out that? You know, how did the breakup actually happen? Who was kind of uh, initiating it? It? <laughs> uh, it was a little bit dramatic. She. It was a. It was actually in a. It's like she had a. It was kind of scandalous. This kind of affair with another teammate from the Opals when she was on tour, and there was all like lying and all, all the all the whole works really oh that God, comes scandal, with, with yeah. any good first breakup. And, yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a really good first breakup. It's got like all of the stories. Yeah, it was very. It was pretty traumatic in the end, and and by like halfway through the season, I'd sort of had enough of the of all of it, and I decided to quit the basketball team I was just like I just need some time off and so I quit the flames and to be honest it was probably the best thing that I ever did I so you never went back never played national league again no that was that was it wow yeah I um discovered a summer for summer summer holidays and normal life and going out and just yeah things that you can't do when you're in a when you're playing professional yeah. basketball yeah huge all right and out of it you've got this amazing breakup song yeah best thing that came of it <laughs> Georgia Woodyard is my guest from Out of the Box today.
out of the box. <laughs> out of the box. On FBI.
bit of a sultry one. One out of the box. FBI 94.5 is the station that you're listening to, and this song is brought in by my guest today, Georgia Woodyard. It's by Heard, and it's called Getting Closer. It's a bit loungy. Certain loungy. loungy vibes. Uh, so, what what kind of uh, place would you listen to a song such as this? <laughs> well, that song uh, I put on because of uh, my time actually spent travelling post post breakup, new life, uh, with lots of time, and I got to actually travel overseas a lot, but not playing basketball, which was the new thing for me. Um, and so I spent a, bit, a fair bit of time in Barcelona on one of these trips with an ex girlfriend. What's the appeal of Barcelona? Uh, Barcelona is everything. It's, it's, it's everything. It's got like a most amazing nightlife. It's got the most amazing food and the book's got beaches. It's got nudity. It's got <laughs> really sexy local, uh, Spanish people. It's, uh, it's a, a vi- very vibrant city. It's got Gaudi. It's got artists. It's, yeah, it's awesome. It's definitely a city that I would be able to live in if I... If I could get 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 a visa to get to yeah, live there, I'd be or there if in you a get second. Out of, chucked out of Sydney, yeah, go straight there for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Well, you've sold it to me. I might as well go there now. Um, so, the the track by Heard, how does that fit into Barcelona? But, um, I don't know how I got onto that when I was over there. I, was, I stayed in Barcelona for about six weeks with an, uh, a different ex. We hired a um, an apartment there and I just somehow I think I heard the song playing it out at a bar or something. I went home and I. And found out who it was, and and then ended up loving like all their music. But uh, this song just like kind of fit in. It was like summer. It was sort of like we're always outside, and in the evenings at like nine, ten, p.m., eleven p.m. having dinner because everyone eats and starts eating so late over there. And uh, it just it was just I don't know. Every time I hear this song, it takes me straight back to Spain and to Barcelona and to the beaches. Awesome. Uh, and we've got a track to take next by Kim and Foxman. It's a pretty, pretty good name. Um, so this this one takes you back to somewhere. Where is it? Yeah. So <laughs> this is um, Kim and Foxman is an amazing queer artist. She's um, this. I first heard this song at Tropical Fruits, which is an incredible queer dance party that happens up at Lismore every New Year's Eve. And uh, I, one of the DJs, I think Sveta, was playing this this uh, track or a mix of this track. And so, tropical fruits. What's it all about? Uh, it is. It is. It's. <laughs> it's really hard to describe. It's very colourful. It's uh, full of. It's a, a queer party, I guess. It's a, everything goes. Anyone goes. There's. Uh, it's very accepting of of uh gays les trans or the whole the whole family and it's in lismore which is kind of i didn't expect that to be a gay hub it is a gay hub it's it's, it's called lesmore it's um <laughs> that's great yeah it's and so there's this three day three day party that starts on uh the day before new year's eve and it's at the lismore showgrounds it's a big everyone camps thousands and thousands of people trip up from sydney people come from brisbane and lots of byron around that area and everyone camps out over the three days and goes to the New Year's Eve party and then it finishes up at the Lismore pool party on the Sunday, which is the recovery. So, yeah, it's pretty amazing. The, the music's always fantastic and the people are always really great. That's amazing. And this is one of those songs from Big Old Gay Dance Party and it's called Creature by Kim and Foxman, brought on by my guest today, Georgia Woodard. Creature, 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 you're my 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 creature,
listening to Out of the Box on FBI 94.5 and that was Kim and Foxman with Creature brought in by our guest today who is Georgia Woodyard who runs and started Scouts on a Cafe in Redfern. Awesome to have you here. Hi, thanks. Thanks for that epic track from from Tropical Fruits in Lismore or Lesmore, Lesmore. As, as I now know what to be called. Mm-hmm. So um, I actually want to kind of chat about a bit of a time in your life that just doesn't seem it doesn't seem congruous with what you're doing now or your previous life as a as a basketballer. But you were in law for quite some time. You were a lawyer. Yeah, I was a, I was one of those people <laughs> who, who did a law degree and then don't use it ever. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, I guess you know you've probably forgiven yourself for that by now because you actually gave it a good a good red hot go. Yeah, I did. I I, I did it. 
not entirely true. I did use my law degree for a little while. I yeah. definitely gave it a I definitely gave it a shot. Yeah, originally you're at Westpac, right? So what were you kind of doing there? Yeah, I was in the big bank. I started there as a paralegal actually when I was still studying, finishing my law degree, mm-hmm. and I did two two and a half to three years of as a paralegal. Um, there before the GFC hit, and then I was there throughout that whole time, which was actually pretty crazy and. A pretty cool thing, not cool, good, but cool, like weird to see happen. So pre GFC and post GFC, completely different. Then how how was it originally? Um, it was it was pretty exciting. When I first started working there, I was uh, given slept in my hand a corporate card, a credit corporate credit card, and I was like, wow, I'm like literally an, a low life paralegal. <laughs> I can't believe they're giving me this like I'm such an adult. I know credit card. And they're like, yeah, just use it whenever. Like if you have to go to the court or whatever, which is like a five minute walk in the CBD. They were like, no, don't walk. Take a ca- take a cab. Put on your card. Like corporate drinks, whatever. Pretty much, we could use these cards for almost anything. And we were having there's so many like amazing dinners. We we're always getting wine and dine. There was after work drinks like every afternoon. There was it was a lot like a madman, I guess. <laughs> like the, that the, sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. It was like I was uh, pretty flush at the time, and then the GFC hit, and everything everything changed pretty drastically overnight. And all the corporate cards got reeled back in and all the spending and then people were getting walked out of the office and pretty much made, made redundant on the spot and then getting escorted out of the building and wow. stuff like that. So it was kind of crazy. That never happened to you though? No, I was lucky because as a paralegal, I didn't cost the bank very much money and mm. I probably did a fair, a, a lot of the the, the work that, <laughs> that no one else wanted to do. So they kept on, they kept on me, which I was lucky, I guess, at the time. And at what point did you just go, maybe I should just not be here anymore Westpac's not for me yeah I um I kind of worked that out as I sort of started doing a bit of uh stuff with uh, some of the the law firms in Sydney as well and working with them and I decided pretty soon like I graduated and did about a year after my I graduated in the law firm and I decided pretty soon it wasn't for me that it wasn't the corporate life wasn't uh, my kind of vibe and I wasn't really into the small talk and the yeah. playing the game, so to speak. But you went into a different kind of law world. You know, you kept on the law path, but completely not corporate. What uh, what industry were you working in? Uh, prisoners Legal, prisoners legal Service. So I guess I did a, uh, a little bit of... Prison work, yeah, yeah I guess. So, um, I, so I'd, I've had moved back to Brisbane temporarily after I graduated just to like spend some time with my family. All my brothers were having babies and breeding and I wanted to be around, be around all the, all the new, the new woodyards. The tykes. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, I picked up a legal job up there in prisons legal service and it was like sort of giving, uh, legal advice to the prisoners over the phone really about all their, no, nothing to do with their criminal matters, anything pretty much that wasn't criminal about their criminal matter, like how they were treated in prison, if they were getting bullied or if they, okay. yeah, really so, bizarre like, stuff. Yeah. What was kind of the, some of the bizarre things that they'd call you about? They saw fit to like get in touch with a lawyer about um we got all types of calls pretty much anything sometimes they just called you up because they wanted to chat because they were lonely and they <laughs> knew that they could call prison legal service for free it was a free line on there in the prison and they could and you kind of got to recognize the different prisoners by their voices you knew that who was calling and you kind of developed these weird relationships with these really some of them really tough guys but um everything from like uh you know really intense family matters to uh, they just didn't like the flavor of cordial that was being used in the in the, t- the canteen that week so really important legal matters so you probably get to know a bit about how prison works from the inside not not in the way that's kind of advertised how prison works but you know the kind of intricacies how how is the kind of pecking order established in a prison yeah, it was pretty interesting. I I learned a lot in a short amount of time about like a totally it's a totally different world and I um soon really learned that there's like this hierarchy in prison and how the prisoners sort of like organize themselves so to speak and that the murderers were sort of like the top dogs in prison. They were the ones who had a lot of respect weirdly and um well I guess they had that fear factor over the other prisoners and stuff and then after that came the the robbers, the, the 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 people in on theft charges. They're still cool dudes. Yeah, pretty cool, charismatic dudes. I think that still the the pe- robbers get a pretty good rep, pretty good rep, even in outside of prison. Yeah, I think. I mean, I can understand that's you know taking things that aren't yours. That's fine. Don't hurt people. <laughs> yeah. So then, at the very bottom of the pecking order, who do you have? You have your sex offenders and your rats. So pretty much people who are like um, helping the cops by um, ratting out other prisoners. Uh, very well liked by the prisoners. 
Surprise, surprise. surprise. <laughs> <laughs> and then your sex offenders, and they usually all get slammed into the the one prison. They all get put together in the one sort of like prison, which is um. They're kind of being protected from all of the, the other, other prisoners. All of the prisoners, yeah, because yeah, they'll enough. get they'll get hurt. That's interesting. Yeah. And, and you're saying before someone you were working with was making a scrapbook. Yeah, like one of the people I was working with that was making a scrapbook out of the out of the different weapons that were being used that were used by prisoners in in jail and how and putting together like a sort of um, this very uh, unusual scrapbook, I guess, and things like that prisoners make like knives out of carving soap into like a really sharp knife and things like that. Really, it's amazing. Yeah, pretty whack. All right, well, we've got a track to take now. I think we should go, what do you think about going with LCD sound system? We're coming up to the top of the hour, so we're going to uh, probably only have time for one more track, maybe two. Should we go LCD sound system or yep. should we go bit of TK? Oh, they're both they're both good. Let's uh, let's support our our little Australian artists who we I, I love I think we need and let's to. play some yeah. TK. All right, awesome. You listen to FBI 94.5. My guest on Out of the Box today is Georgia Woodyard, and I'm not sure how long this song goes for, so we'll see. We need to come up to the hour. All right, we can do two songs. All we right, can totally do it. Do, we might do have to LCD go teensy bit over. All right, well, can you tell me a bit about why you wanted to bring on this particular track by LCD Sound System? Uh, it's called I Can Change. I think it, the the name speaks for itself. It's about making making changes and, and that in your life, and I guess this is a song I was listening to when I was kind of deciding whether to state you're doing law or get get out get get the hell out and um i decided to <laughs> get, get the out hell of out. law yeah and open open my business so. which is scouts on a cafe in redfern delicious food and i'm probably going to go up right after this show and see if i can scab myself a wrap and a, and a coffee and yeah, <laughs> make myself it. a nuisance absolutely awesome all right so here we go it's i can change by lcd sound system
Yeah, you've been listening to FBI 94.5 and it's out of the box of the past hour. We've had Georgia Woodyard as our guest who's been playing all of the good tracks. We started with a Lion King song and we also got some TLC in there. So if you missed out on anything, you can always subscribe to the podcast. Just whatever app you've got, chuck in out of the box and with a little blue square. That's the one to download. Thanks so much for coming on the show today, George. I've had such a great time. Thanks for having me. It was uh, so much fun. I feel like I had some free therapy. <laughs> That's what we're all about. Basically, I mean, feel free to pay. You know, yeah. I'm just I'll, volunteering. I'll give you a sandwich. Oh, nice. Payment sandwich <laughs> yeah. is my favourite kind of sandwich. So now we've got time for one last song, and we're going to actually do it now. It's TK Maidza. So why do you want to bring this one on? Uh, this is a song that well, I just sort of chose some songs off uh, the first ever playlist that I made when I opened Scouts, and this is one of the songs that was right up there on the on the top of the list. And I love I love TK. I don't know why they think we're alike. When I win, it's like I give them life. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why they think we're the Let, let.